handcrafted and American-made right here in the USA. B Pro Kennels is bringing you a premium-built dog box unlike anything you've ever seen before. Built from a full-tube frame, aluminum powder-coated shell, built-in lockable storage, and oh, did you forget to charge those dog collars before you left? No worries, B-Pro has you covered with their built-in solar panel and battery bank to take care of all your charging needs while out on the road chasing birds this fall. Give them a serious look at bprokennels.com. All good things start with a solid foundation. At Final Rise, all three of their premium Upland vests are built around the foundational waist belt to provide you all-day comfort and endless customization. With a secure waist belt and a thin, high-quality shoulder harness, which sits perfectly along the back, holding everything in place. Durable, premium Upland gear made here in my neighboring state of Herber, Utah. Check them out at finalrise.com. Also, be sure to check out the brand new Sidekick Vest, which is the perfect ultra-light, ultra-minimalistic vest that you'll be rocking in the hills this season. You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. This podcast is also sponsored by Anook Shook Professional Dog Food and Trinity Bretons home of the Epignol Breton. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and it is so good to be back with everyone today. I just rolled in from Texas about an hour ago, stopped at Domino's, got the kids some pizza. I know they didn't want Taco Bell, so we settled for Domino's. Um, Texas. We're down there visiting some friends on vacation. And let me tell you, it was hotter than a mother down there. Oh my God. No offense to you Texans, but geez Louise, how do you do it? It was, oh my gosh. Okay. That'll be another podcast talking about the Texas heat. Um, Try going down there with a eight month pregnant wife and five children and trying to do something because it was oh my gosh okay that's my rant about texas anyways i am flying by the seat of my pants right now trying to get this episode out and i am so excited uh get a really good episode for you guys today as you can probably tell i had a little bit too much coffee to drink on the drive home uh we did it straight through 12 and a half maybe 13 hours um, coming from Dallas back to Colorado. So uh, back in the studio, a.k.a. Will's Garage, and excited to bring you guys a couple of quick announcements before we dive into today's episode with Weston Hatton. Uh, Weston, uh, he runs the Chucker One account uh, over on the old gram, and uh, Weston and I had a great time uh, chatting Chuckers and Habitat. And uh, yeah, man, we have a we have a great conversation. I really enjoyed my time with uh, with Weston, and uh, I hope you guys will enjoy it as well. I'm sure you will. Uh, he's he's a great dude. Running some great dogs and hunting Chucker, and uh, we just we just have a great time. Chucker, as you may know, I have not shot a wild Chucker yet. I've never hunted a wild Chucker. Um, I have not braved the hills yet and got myself in the condition I need to be <laughs> to attempt that and be anywhere remotely successful. So um, talking with Weston here from Chucker One definitely got me going a little bit to uh, maybe get a little motivated to hit those Chucker Hills. So, um, hey, I got a couple things uh, for you. Um, Number one, this is episode 49, if you didn't catch the drift already. Um, Episode 50 is coming up next week. I am super excited for my special guest I have coming on next week's episode to celebrate episode 50. So uh, make sure you're, uh, you're subscribed to the podcast. I can't tell you guys enough. Make sure you're subscribed because uh, you're going to get all the latest episodes and you're not going to have to wait for me to post something on social media to get it in your inbox. So 
Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. That would be great. Hey, uh, if you could leave a rating and review, if you haven't already, that would be amazing. Uh, rating and reviews for podcasters are huge because they just help uh, the algorithms built into the podcast platforms. Um, you know, they... they higher, more reviews, more ratings. These are going to show up higher in the feed when someone searches upland hunting or hunting dogs or something like that. So leave a rating and review. If you haven't already, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, Hey, don't forget we have the Patreon page. Yes. I started a Patreon page um, about a month ago. Um, I'm going to do a straight giveaway. I've been toying with how to do the giveaway for the Gunner Fan Kit uh, 2.0. So Gunner Fan Kit is going to be for all Patreon members only. I said it, all Patreon members only. I might've said something different last week. I'm sorry. I did not decide finally how I was going to do the giveaway. So I'm doing a giveaway for the month of July. It is going strictly to Patreon members only. You can get in as a Patreon member for five bucks a month or five bucks a month and be entered into the giveaway. Uh, If you just want to sign up for July and enter enter into the giveaway, that's great. Just enter in for July, cancel later, whatever. Um, If you want to support the podcast, of course, please continue that. But uh, so Patreon members, if you sign up for Patreon, there's three tiers. Uh, The lowest one is five bucks. Next one is 10 and the level above that is 20. Um, With each of those levels, you're going to get your name in the hat a bunch more times the higher level you go. So if you want to win the Gunner Fan Kit 2.0, this thing is, they've beefed this thing up over the 1.0 version uh, they released several years ago. So this 2.0 is really sweet, uh, goes together really nice, really long lasting battery, you can waterproof, uh, really long, yeah, long lasting charge. It is really sweet fan uh, for your dog. And then we got July, August, September, October even, well, it's going to be hot months, so this is going to be a great fan kit. Uh, throw on really any of your kennels. If you have a gunner, it's going to fit really nice, but I'm sure it'll work with any kennel you have out there. So don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty darn sure it does. So again, get signed up for Patreon. I will pick a winner at the very, well, basically August 1st. August 1st, I will pick a win, uh, the July winner uh, for the Patreon giveaway. And it's going to be the Gunner Fan Kit 2.0. So all Patreon members will be entered into the giveaway. Um, again, head over to patreon.com slash the Upland Rookie Podcast. You will be entered. I will pick a winner at random. And uh, you guys can get your chance at winning a fan kit. So enough on that. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, you guys mentioned, or you probably noticed, a brand new sponsor of the podcast. Yes, I am very, very excited uh, for uh, B pro kennels. Yeah. B pro kennels. Um, I have wanted a, uh, a dog box for quite a while and long story short, I started talking to, uh, Ben Proctor over at B pro kennels and, um, they are putting together some of the most innovative dog boxes I have seen on the market ever. If you try looking for a dog box, if you have multiple dogs, especially you look, you're looking for a dog box and it is painful to find one. Um, don't get me wrong. The the kennels I've been rocking in in my truck and here in my garage, which I still have still will own for forever, um, have been great. They've been awesome, but the more dogs I'm getting, uh, those kennels take up a lot of room in the back of my truck. Again, pros and cons to everything, but, um, Dog box has been something I've, I've always wanted to be able to leave in the truck 24 seven, um, but light enough where I can, you know, take it in and out if I need to. So I made a switch guys. I made a switch, got rid of the topper and I'm rocking a naked pickup right now. I know it's a naked pickup with a deck system and this dog box that I'm picking up from B pro kennels is going to fit right on top of my deck system in the back of my pickup. And let's just say it's going to be a three hole dog box. If you catch my drift, it's going to be a three hole for wind and gauge wink, wink. Um, anyways, uh, guys, Ben Proctor could not be a nicer guy. Uh, he's over in Utah making these boxes by hand. And again, like I said, with dog boxes, you're looking for these things online and they are, there's just not a lot out there. 
And the ones you'll find, it's you have to find a skilled, skilled professional to craft one and make one and, and find what it looks like and the dimensions. It's really complicated. Well, Ben has been putting the work in and designed an incredible badass dog box that has some really, really cool innovative features. Um, we are going to get Ben on the podcast here in the very near future to talk all about um, his design, how he came up with this, go in more of the nitty gritty details. But um, Ben is a brand new sponsor of the podcast with B Pro Kennels. Um, he is crafting my custom three hole dog box as we speak. And so I'll have that uh, hopefully in the next uh, you know, five or six weeks. Um, so his lead time right now, like I said, is about six weeks. And uh, I'm really excited, guys. The, the I could go into a lot of things. thing I'm most excited for, well, a couple things. Oh, gosh, where do I start? Okay, I'll start here. I don't have all day. Um, I am most excited probably for two things. One, the storage compartment on top. So again, I'm, I'm a neat freak. I, I love to have things organized and storage, but also safety and security. So to have a lockable storage system that sits just above the dog compartments is huge, but it gets better. So there is a built-in solar panel and battery pack or battery bank. So the battery bank I'm able to charge anything I need to off the solar panel and battery bank. Um, they're putting in a, a big boy battery bank to this dog box. And uh, the way Ben describes it is I'm going to be able to charge pretty much anything. Dog collars, fan, if I want to bring a freaking Traeger out there, I can run that off of this, off of this uh, battery bank. Um, that's just something I have not seen in a dog kennel or a dog box before. And so to have some of these, these premium features, it has marker lights on the outside. It's going to be sitting on top of my deck. So a little bit higher, um, have, uh, led floodlights. So when it's dark out, you're loading up dogs, you, everything's illuminated. You see what you're doing. And, uh, this thing is going to be a tank, but light enough where I can still take it in out of the truck if I need to. So, um, I'm going to go into this a lot more uh, in detail as I get some more drawings from Ben, talk to him a little bit more. Um, again, we've, we've just kind of landed the final details, uh, dimensions, and all that kind of stuff. Again, I'm doing a three-hole. Um, he has a two-hole box right now that's out on the website. And uh, you can check that out and you can order it right online. Or if you have questions, of course, reach out to Ben Proctor at bprokennels.com. Um, you can also check out his Instagram. It's, uh, I believe it's just bprokennels um, on Instagram. I think you're on Facebook, Ben. I'm not quite sure. But um, so we are doing a special giveaway, or not giveaway, sorry. We're doing a special uh, promo code or discount code for all the Upland Rookie podcast listeners. So everyone's going to get this code for the entire month of July. Uh, so the entire month of July, you are going to use code ROOKIE30. ROOKIE30, that's ROOKIE, R-O-O-K-I-E, 3-0, and that is going to save you 30% off of your dog box order with B Pro Kennels. So if you want to save 30% off a dog box, if you've been thinking about a dog box for a while and maybe just haven't pulled the trigger yet, haven't found what you needed, um, guys, this is the best time to get a dog box. And like I said, it is not your traditional old school diamond plated dog box. This is all aluminum powder coated and it looks so freaking nice. Uh, the, the powder coated outside the, the vents, uh, like I said, the floodlights, the marker lights, the storage, the solar panel, um, lockable doors, lockable storage, obviously those things are huge. Um, so you are going to want to check out B pro kennels. And, uh, like I said, uh, code rookie 30, it's going to save you 30%. There's no other time you will get 30% off uh, a dog box of this kind of quality. Um, the, the space and compartments for the dogs are going to be perfect. Whether you have, you know, big old labs, then that two hole might be perfect. Going to sit right in between the wheel wells of your 
pickup. Uh, if you want you know, if you have little, maybe smaller dogs, like, you know, Vishlas, small GSPs, Britneys, you know, three hole might be something that works really well for you. Maybe you have, you know, several dogs. And so, um, really excited, really, really thankful uh, to have Ben and B Pro Kennels a part of this podcast. And uh, like I said, we're going to have Ben on here explaining a lot more about the uh, dog box and get his his take on it and learn a little bit more about uh, who he is. Um, so like I said, code rookie 30, save you 30% off, uh, the B pro dog box. And, uh, guys, I do not think you'll be disappointed. So, um, I'll be doing some more stuff on that again, only the month of July, 2022, you're going to save that 30% on, uh, the dog box. So, um, that's all I got to say. Um, check them out. Bprokennels.com. I am starting to ramble now. It is very late here in Colorado, and uh, I'm going to start introducing our guest of the podcast. Like I mentioned, it is Weston Hatton of Chucker One, and uh, we dive into Chucker, Habitat, Shotguns, uh, you name it, uh, conditioning. Of course, everyone talks conditioning uh, for Chucker hunting. So anyways, without further ado, uh, enjoy this episode. Yeah, so uh live here in Reno, Nevada. I was born in California. Uh, went to kind of Washington State out of high school, played b- baseball up there. Nice. Uh, for two years, transferred to UNR, so University of Nevada, Reno. Um, played three years here, and then uh, my parents ended up moving up after I graduated high school, a um, little town just out there called Genoa. So I've been coming back here since 2014 anyways, but uh, ended up staying after I graduated college. Uh, so I've been here ever since. Very cool. Very cool. I think you're, you're my second, uh, baseball athlete here on the, on the podcast. Cal Hardy, I had on a couple weeks ago. He's, he's big into being the baseball his family as well. So good. Sweet. That's good. <laughs> got a little, got a little trend going there. I, I, I gotta ask being in uh, Nevada, are you, are you a hockey fan at all? Are you getting into the, uh, the nights at all? You know, I, I have buddies that are into it that are from Vegas, but to me, I haven't really gotten into it. I watched the Sharks growing up. So my dad's a Bay Area sports fan and sports runs in our family, but that's as far as I've gotten into it. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I can change that by the by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to talk a little hockey. It's always fun, but um, let's go. Cool. How's summer going for you so far? And I said you, you were trying to do a little fishing here and there, and you got a trip to Alaska coming up, right? Yeah. So, uh, do a little fly fishing on the side, uh, fishing for me is more to pass the time more yeah. than anything, just something to do. Um, definitely enjoy hunting more, but fish fly fishing is good. Pass the time. I'm into it. Um, it's fun. Yeah. I got a trip to Alaska, Alaska coming up. Nice. Um, it's about a 10 day trip up there. So it should be a good one too, as well. Nice. nice. You can do a lot of fishing up there. Is that the goal or just kind of vacation sites? Yeah. So that's, that's all fishing trips. So I think okay. it's, you know, flying to Dillingham Bush Plain to the Nishiak River in the back there. And I think we got six days of, of fishing uh, nice. for kings and silvers and then fly back. So, yeah, it's a, it's a complete yeah. fishing trip. Oh, that's going to be great, man. I've, Alaska sounds sounds awesome. That's yeah, no, cool. it should be a good time. Oh, that's going to be cool. Is it is it getting too hot to run the dogs in the middle of the day right now by you? Or are you just trying to run them in the morning and at night? Yeah. So we're just getting kind of to that 90 degree weather. Uh, we haven't had it really in Reno yet. Um, so summer's kind of going full circle here. So yeah, definitely run them in the morning or late afternoon, or you can take them up to the mountains too. You know, try to get above that 6,000 foot elevation and, and go up there and just yeah. let them stretch your legs and stuff. So it's always good just to keep them nice. conditioned. That's great. That's great. Uh, well, Weston, how about you, uh, kind of like, let's, I guess, lessen your story a little bit. Like, like, how did you get into hunting specifically? I guess outdoors. How'd you get in the outdoors? Did you grow up with it? Did you start later in life? Like catch us up a little bit. Yeah. So I, I owed all to my dad, you know, overall, he got me out super early. I mean, I remember going hunting with him when I was four years old, you know, just being in the truck, walking around, whatever it may be. And so we grew up in California. So grew up um, kind of, you know, dove hunting and uh, valley quail and mountain quail hunting is mostly what we did overall growing up. So I think I started the first time I got to hold a gun and shoot. I was eight years old. I think we went morning dove hunting. I shot about a, four boxes of shell and I think I hit two birds, <laughs> two, two for a hundred. Uh, I mean, uh, not, my debut. <laughs> not terrible for a young kid. Not terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I shot a little single shot 20 gauge Pietro Beretta. 
Um, we still got it. So hopefully, you know, my daughter or son one day will get to shoot that. So pass it nice. down, pass it down the line there. That's cool, man. That's cool. So did that kind of just continue to evolve as you got older? And, and then when did, you know, I guess catch me up as far as like, when did you start getting like your own dogs and when did you kind of like take it to the next level? Yeah, I think my dad would say it turned into an obsession, but <laughs> I beg to differ. But um, yeah, so we got our, I think our kind of the first family dog that we had to start home. We got a, a red lab my eighth grade year and I, I was you know free reign to take her out go quail hunting you know take some buddies after school i remember my senior year we didn't have a seventh period so we'd run up to the mountains you know mount quail are only about an hour away out of fresno where i grew up so we'd run up there and go hunting and then um kind of funny story how i ended up you know coming back to reno we were um i was playing up at washington state and just had a just a not a great situation going on there so i was looking to transfer and when I transferred, um, my mom said, Hey, you know, if you come back to Reno, you know, maybe we'll get you a dog, <laughs> oh. you, know, a dog you know? So my, uh, my grandpa was big into checker hunting and he had English pointers and that's how I ended up getting my first dog. Um, I got her out of uh, diehard gun dogs out of Susanville, Janesville area. Um, just about hour 15 North of Reno here. And, uh, they helped me out a ton. You know, I, I bought her, I think quite let my mom know yet, but I bought her going to summer ball. I was playing summer ball in Longview, Washington. Um, so bought Lucy. And then from there, um, they held it for me summer. So I paid for all the food and the lodging there nice. and then picked her up. And I, I got back, I think in August from summer ball. And I told my dad, I go, Hey, we gotta go pick up a dog next week. So you got to work on mom. You know? <laughs> so your mom didn't know at this point, right? No, I mean, she had mentioned it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. coming back and get the dog, but she didn't know I had already bought it. And so, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, and that's how I ended up with Lucy. So that was my first, you know, bird dog that was, you know, completely mine. And, you know, my yeah. parents helped me out. I was obviously a college baseball player. So sure. uh, we spent a lot of time on the road. So it was probably, you know, 50, 50 split, you know, between mm -hmm. my place and their place um, sure. when I was just going through college. And then when I was done with college, yeah, um, took Lucy full time. So. That's cool. Sorry, you might have mentioned this. What kind of dog is Lucy? Lucy's Lucy? an English pointer. English so pointer. pointer. Okay. Yep. Okay. So what? Uh, what? Again, at that time of your life, um, like what, yeah, what led you to the to the the pointer at that time? And then take me through like what was that? What was those first couple seasons like for you with her? Yeah. So um, I got the English pointer because that's what my grandpa's always kind of with. He's been trucker hunting since the, you know seventies. Okay. Uh, 60, 70s um, here out of Nevada. Once I can let this dog out, <laughs> <laughs> you're but, good. Um, so when I he always had them around, and they're great family dogs. Um, just having them around the house and stuff. So that's how I ended up with um, getting getting an English pointer on that side of things. And then you know the first couple seasons, you know I just always just I didn't realize how much my grandpa knew. You know he always used to just let his dogs go out, run around. I was like, this is great. You know, when I didn't have a dog, they go on point. We walk up, we shoot them. I think <laughs> this is crazy. easy. There's, right? Yeah. There's, there's nothing to it, you know, but what I did realize is, you know, he's retired. He's hunting five, five, six oh, times sure. a week. You know, yeah. the dogs are getting on thousands of birds a, a year, yeah. you know? So I took that for granted when I got my first dog and I was a little kill crazy. So I, you know, when I first started, I'd shoot everything, you know, it didn't matter if it was pointed yeah. Um, young or, you know, not pointed flying over my head, at, you know, 60 <laughs> yards, you know, I just sure. wanted to go out and get some birds on that side of things. But then once I started realizing and talking to more people, um, there's kind of an art to it, um, and, and getting dogs set up the way you want to hunt and the style that you hunt, the terrain you hunt. Um, so I, I really didn't do Lucy. I did Lucy a disservice when I first started, mm. I shot everything, you know, sure. and then I was talking to the owner of Butterfield, Fred Bird, who die hard gun dogs. He goes, yeah. Maybe you just thought, you know, only shoot the pointed birds. Like, no, why would I do that? That's, that sounds crazy. You know, <laughs> why would anyone do that? Do that? What, what, they're flying, you shoot them, right? Yeah. I was like, uh, hey, birds go up. I'm yeah. expecting them to go down. But, um, so I did that one day and I went out there and I said, Hey, I'm not going to shoot anything. So, you know, she points. And I, I think it took about, you know, three coveys, uh, you know, sailing over the head, didn't shoot them, you know, get back on them. And then finally it just all came together. She pointed wow. You know, I, sh I shot one or two retrieve. It was good. And the next guy was, was a point, no bust. And I was like, Hey, this is kind of cool. This is, yeah. this is what I'm into. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. So then, you know, I started kind of honing in on that. Um, so I had Lucy for three seasons. Um, and then unfortunately she tore ACL, mm. uh, her first one. 
Um, so then I was in the need of another dog because mm. I was really getting into it and, you know, going just about every weekend sure. and I was going to get one anyways, but it kind of accelerated the process. Sure. Um, when you only have one dog. So then I ended up getting a uh, short hair, German short hair out of uh, Utah and okay. that's summer. Um, and so she turns three this July. Okay. And, uh, but, but what I was able to do with her is I already had all these, you know, lessons and errors sure. and failures with Lucy that I got to create kind of like my ultimate little bird machine yeah. that, you know, that I'd like it and, you know, hunts the distance I want and can kind of put it all together for me. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of like kids too. It's like the firstborn, you just kind of figure things out and you don't, you don't really know, you know, as parents, and then it was, yeah. the second, the second one comes along and it's like, Oh, okay. We've, we've done this before. You kind of know, you know, the name of the game at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't got to that stage of my life, but yeah, yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you'll get kidding. there. You'll, you'll get there. It gets easier. <laughs> yeah. I promise. It gets easier. Yeah. You, you at least, you at least think you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can Absolutely. change. So you, so catch me up then. So do you still have Lucy and the uh, short hair? Right now? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, summer turns three in July and Lucy just turned six. So they're about okay. three years apart. Um, okay. and so Lucy tore other ACL two years ago. She's, she has double ACL there. Oh, um, so on, on opposite knees. Yep. Opposite. Yeah. Okay. So kind of the surgery is called like a TDAS surgery and it's really, you attach it to the uh, metal rod. So they really can't mm. tear it again. They might okay. not get the full strength back. Sure. Uh, but the other one she did, she fell into a cattle guard in the snow kind of unfortunate. Oh. Um, but you know, a lot of dogs end up tearing yeah. the other one anyway. So yeah, it just kind of happens, but now she's good. So she's, she's, she's ready. She's, yeah. she's ready to roll. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. That's good. So what's, I guess what's the biggest difference with the English pointer and the short hair when it comes to the type of hunting you're doing? So I'd say, you know, my, my pointer goes a lot farther than um, my short hair does. She just hunts at a different pace, a different speed. And um, so with the double ACL tear, I really try to look at the country. I hunt with her. Mm. Um, I try to not to hunt stuff that's too rocky on the feet. Mm. Um, just more softer ground, you could say, cause she's kind of hard on her pads. Okay. Um, as far as that goes, and she's a sprinter, she just sprints, mm. you know, a to B, you know, so yeah. it's a lot faster paced hunt. Okay. Um, so, and then the, so, so the it sounds like, you're, so it sounds like, sorry to interrupt. You're kind of picking yeah. the train a little bit and you'll kind of like maybe put this dog down for mm-hmm. this. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, if there's like a, you know, a flat rim hunt, you know, a little elevation game and you got a big old rim to go hunt. Um, I'll pro- probably take the pointer, take Lucy out, um, on that side of thing. And then also I can't hunt her that long, um, just with the ACL, just the mm. endurance side of things. She gets tired out pretty fast. So, you know, maybe a one and a half to three hour hunt max, sure. I'd say it's probably three hours max. I'll go with her, yeah. um, on that side of things. And then you go to the short hair and she's like, you know, a lot slower, more meticular, mm. probably hunts, you know, 80 to 180 yards, a lot closer okay. Okay. overall. Um, and just, it's slower, you know, she's yeah. kind of just plotting around, um, and hunts right now in front of you, comes and checks in on me, you yeah. know, it's a much different <laughs> style than, yeah. than, the, than the pointer is, than my pointer is for me. Pointer's kind of like, you know, hop out of the truck, see you later. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, she's just gone. You put yeah. the collar on, you know, and she's yeah. gone until she goes and finds birds. Um, <laughs> and awesome. that was the one thing that, you know, that was always nice, you know, even when she was younger she always had an incredible nose i I can't remember a place we we didn't go and she didn't find birds even when she was busting them you know she always had the had the talent for it sure um i just i was a bad owner to start you know (laughs) (laughs) i just just didn't know i didn't know how to reel that in and yeah capture that all that energy inside of her totally yeah and and a pointer for your first bird dog too i mean that's yeah a lot to learn and you know figure out okay Mm -hmm. is this how all bird dogs are or is is this just you know oh it's a pointer oh that's why yeah uh-huh. that's cool man that's cool so with, i guess with both your dogs right now have you done most of the i guess like basic training yourself bird intros that are you kind of you have a mentor or someone you're using to help you yeah so i think lucy we sent back to um where we got her from for three months i went over summer ball um back into minnesota actually i was playing summer ball back there one summer and my parents you know didn't want to volunteer to watch her that the whole <laughs> summer so after you know three years of baseball watching her so uh we sent up there and she did a little training there. Um, and then summer I did everything on my own, um, mm-hmm. with her. Um, so really just with summer was kind of just a bird introduction, you know, shot fire, gunfire, um, introduction. And then I, I hunted her at three weeks or three months and three weeks old. I had okay. her out in the field. Oh, nice. hunting her. 
Um, cause you know, that's what I had, you know, no callers or anything, but just kind of sure. following around I already yeah. gun broker and just to get her introduction, um, into some birds and stuff. And they kind of just took off from there. Yeah. That's great, man. That's great. Good for you. That's a, that's a fun thing when you get to work with your own dog and kind of see it, see it all pay off in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. How was, um, how was this past season for you? Uh, looking back last, last year, any, any kind of like highlights that stood out, out to you? Any, any big takeaways? Yeah, it's probably the best year I've, I've had, um, with the, both dogs on the ground. Um, you know, I thought there wasn't, I wouldn't say there was a variety of mountain ranges that were really good in Nevada, Oregon, or Idaho. I hunt kind of up and down the West coast. I'm not signatory just to Nevada. Um, but everywhere we went, we found birds, um, you know, birds that held and, you know, seemed like they were doing good in the areas, uh, that we hunted. So yeah, no, overall great season, you know, dogs stayed healthy this year. So that That's was good. good. Two healthy you know, dogs no, is important. No big, yeah. No big vet bill at the end of the year. So <laughs> oh, geez. That's always a, that's always a plus. Um, as far as that goes and uh, no broken shotgun, stuff like that. So (laughs) that's good. good. That is good. Did you have a broken shotgun in years past? Yeah. So two years ago, I broke my over and under twice in the season. Oh, um, one time I took a a header kind of off a cliff in the snow and, uh, just snapped it in half, um, my stock. And then, uh, another one, I, I kind of fell and, uh, one day and it kind of got a little loose. And then uh, I had a buddy, you know, taking a, taking my shotgun from one car to the other and the case wasn't completely closed and it fell out on the asphalt and snapped it again. Oh, oh no. So the same, be... same gun after it got repaired or different? Yeah. Same gun. Oh, so that one, that, that one had two breaks. So I'm on the third stock on that one. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, man. That's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, are you, I guess talk a little about, were you traveling kind of, like you mentioned, out of state quite a bit and are, are, are you chasing things besides Chucker or would you say like, are you hunting Chucker 90%, 80%? Yeah, I'd say it's Chucker probably 95%. Wow. Okay. Uh, Chucker and Huns. Okay. Um, I take one trip a year. I go up to Washington. Um, I got a good buddy of mine that lives up there and um, just go hunt pheasants mm-hmm. uh, up on his property. So I do that trip with my dad every year. Nice. Uh, we've been doing that for about the last three or four years. So yeah, I've been going up there doing that. And then other than that, yeah, mostly just, just checkers and hunts. Um, yeah. and then quail when we see them and stuff like that, but the majority just checkers and hunts. Yeah. That's awesome. Now your dogs, if they're, if they're hunting chucker, say 95% of their life, when you go, mm-hmm. you know, say on a pheasant trip once a year, how is that adjustment mm-hmm. for them, for you? Is it, is it like, Whoa, this is, this is different guys brilled in or like, what's that like? Yeah. So I, I'd say summer is really good at it just because of the style, the way she hunts is a lot slower. Um, Lucy, when I first used to take her, um, so Lucy, just like I said, I did everything probably wrong with her when I was growing up, <laughs> when I first started with her, you know, she used to just chase quail at my parents' house. She'd go find them in the neighborhood. Right. And so whenever we'd go, you know, trucker hunt and say, you get a covey of quail on the bottom of the Canyon or whatever, you know, she'd be great out of the truck on them. But then once she saw them, it's like, Oh, well, I'm back at home. I'm going to chase them all day long. You know, we're just going to go do this. And so what I found is when I went up and hunted pheasants and, ch- and, and quail up there, cause they're all mixed in and kind of washed in the same areas that it took a, probably took one or two hunts to adjust back to chuckers and hunts, oh. um, just cause they would run or she would run just oh, kind of okay. pressure and pressure them too much. Um, uh, but it hasn't seemed to bother summer at all. Um, she just nice. goes back and forth and, and does that's good. good. So she, that's she gets it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You have any, any big trips planned this fall, anything different or just kind of stick to your, stick to your routine? You know, I'd like to go up to Montana and shoot Sharpies, um, yeah. kind of do a late season hunt, go Sharpies, pheasants and hunts. Yeah. Um, that's kind of on the bucket list, like to add nice. some more species in there. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, but other than that, yeah, mostly, I mean, pretty much spend every weekend tracker yeah. hunting, uh, awesome. somewhere, you know, whether it's Oregon, Idaho, um, shot them in Washington too, when, when we're up there. Nice. Um, and then obviously Nevada. Okay. Um, but yeah, just for the most part, that's what I just stick to. That's kind of the, what I get the most enjoyment out of. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Do you ever venture over to Utah at all for Chucker? I haven't. That's okay. the one, that's the one thing I haven't shot them in. Um, so yeah, haven't, haven't quite made it over there. They got the extended season over there. Oh, do they? Um, I'm okay. kind of burned out. I'm kind of burned out. <laughs> by the time yeah. There. <laughs> You're like, so, all right, so a, a break, a break is good. And then um, probably, I think I, I might take one trip down to Arizona. Um, got a good, good friend down there that wants nice. to go, okay. um, to kind of do the three species hunt down there. So I might nice. go do that. And he lives down there and 
got it all dialed in. So that'd be a fun one to do too. That's awesome. And you haven't done Arizona before? Nope. Haven't okay. done Arizona. I've been invited, you know, okay. multiple yeah. times. I just haven't made the trip down there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, Arizona's definitely on my list. I was supposed to go last year and plans got kind of, kind of wonky, but uh, definitely want to get mm-hmm. down there. So I, I sent my dog down there with a buddy of mine. Yeah. He, so he took my dog down there, but I didn't, uh, yeah. I wasn't down there myself, <laughs> but it was kind of just yeah. as good. Honestly, I, I was more excited for my dog to get on, on some different quail than it, even yeah. for myself. It was, I don't know. I was bird dog the update pictures and yeah stuff. I, I don't yeah. know that was like i don't know i was super happy i was like oh that's cool my, my dog a nook shook professional dog food is the highest energy dog food in the world a nook shook's dense formulations ensure that your pup in training and your seasoned bird dog get what they need to succeed in the field a nook shook works hard so your dogs can work harder check them out at a nookshookpro.com Trinity Bretons is the home of the Epignol Breton, also known as the French Brittany. All Trinity Breton dogs are from champion bloodlines that are field tested and family approved. For over 33 years, Trinity Bretons has worked to offer you the best bred Epignol Breton in the country. Check them out at trinitybretons.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Trinity Bretons. Got to have the experience and mm-hmm. he, he can't tell me about it, but yeah, that's another, <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, chucker, like again, I've hunted pen raised chucker, that's all I've uh-huh. hunted. I, okay. but honey, honey, wild chucker are definitely, definitely on my list uh, of things to get to. Um, sounds like a blast, and I just think it's pretty badass. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's fun. It's almost addicting, you know, being an athlete before and stuff like that, you know, pushes your, you know, your physical side of things, um, your mental side, you're like, your dog's on point. You just hiked a hundred yards up. You got to go another hundred, you know, so you're pushing yourself, you know, you got kind of the adrenaline going and then, you know, it's like, uh, you know, birds get up and then you just, you black out for a second. (laughs) That's what I tell people. (laughs) It's fun. Um, so that's, that's always good. Yeah. I mean, so, so when you talk to chucker hunters, the big thing you hear about is, uh, you know, conditioning yourself, conditioning your dogs. Um, mm-hmm. b- besides that, besides like the, the, the physical strength in that, like what's, I guess, what's some, maybe some encouragement you'd tell someone maybe who's wanting to try chucker hunting, get into it. Like what's, what's something besides, I guess, the physical conditioning you would say is like a really important thing. Yeah. I'd say, you know, probably the most important thing is, you know, don't think you're going to go out there and you know, shoot your limit the first time. It's kind of an art, right? You gotta, there's so many different factors, you know, that you learn based on the conditions or how your dog's pointing, the terrain you're hunting to the escape cover, you know, are you in the right area? Are you not in the right area? Um, is it early in the year? Are you on, you know, the North side? Um, is it snow? Are you on the burn off South side? There's so much different that goes into it. Once you start talking to these guys and what I've kind of learned, you know, I, didn't hunt chuckers until I got to Nevada. And so I've only been hunting them about six years overall. Um, and then a little bit before in high, in high school, we'd come up and hunt with my grandpa there. But, um, other than that, um, there's a lot that goes into it that you, you just wouldn't think about unless until you get out there and start and start hunting them. Yeah. How, how long did it take you to kind of, I guess, figure out the chucker, like their habits, the habitat, like how, how long of a big of a learning curve was that for you to figure kind of out their patterns? I think it probably took me about three or four years. So I felt like, you know, I could go comfortable and go to a new spot and, you know, feel comfortable. I was going to get into birds or whatever it may be. Um, I think, you know, when I first started going, I was in college, you know, so I didn't have, you know, as much time to go run around in the desert as I like now, you know, I go scouting, you know, probably starting after the, you know, the 4th of July, go find areas that new areas, or areas, you know, I wanted to check out or areas that we always do hunt, you know, just to see what the hatch is doing. You know, sure. I think one of the cool things about Nevada, we have such diverse um, ecosystem habitat out there mm-hmm. um, that there's always usually somewhere that's pretty good, has a pretty good hatch because there's so different terrain mm-hmm. um, from hunting North Reno to, you know, hunting out of Winnemucca, Battle Mountain to Elko. It's just, mm-hmm. there's so many different um, landscape and terrain that if you find, you'll find somewhere that probably is producing that year. Um, it's just whether or not you have enough time or, mm. um, to go see them all for one. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, gas prices were in that six bucks. You'd have a lot more <laughs> scouting time. <laughs> right. Right. So, Might pick one mountain range and stay there for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's just oh. different factors like that, but yeah, probably three or four years. And then probably the tactics of it, probably four years, hmm. um, you know, like, you know, dogs pointing downhill, you know, setting yourself up for the shots that you want to take on the hill. Yeah. Um, you know, for the most part, cause you know, the, the shooting is challenging, you know, there's rocks, yeah. there's, uh, different terrain, it's uneasiness, um, whatever it is. But once you, once you kind of figure out, you know, what shots you hit really well and mm. what's your, when you go approach that dog, you know, what shot are you, uh, mm. you know, setting yourself up for, you know, is it your best shot? You know, if you can't hit a right to left crosser, you know, don't approach your dog from underneath it on that side, you know, go to the other side, just different stuff like that. Um, that yeah. factors into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I was going to ask you to expand a little bit on that. Like, so uh, let's, let's take that for example, let's say your dog's pointing downhill. Yep. Um, it, yeah. Talk about like, what's your tactic, I guess, for dog downhill or even a dog pointing uphill, like where are you going to come mm-hmm. in at? Yeah. So downhill is probably the, the toughest shot, depending on how steep the terrain is, um, in chucker hunting, right. They're, they're flying downhill. Um, and you think, you know, everyone tells you know, the bird's flying straight away, you know, shoot it, black it out. Right. And shoot right on it. But really when they're going downhill, you almost want to see the bird, you know, above your sight. Cause it's actually flying down like this. And otherwise you're just skipping off its back. Oh, sure. Um, so you always want to, I know guys that, you know, when they go hunting, their dogs point down, they'll go walk all the way around, go 50, 60 yards, come all the way up underneath to get that dog. Like it's pointing back down at them oh, wow. so they're underneath the bird, um, and get them to fly over the top of you. Cause that's the slower thing. I always tell guys, you know, um, the best way to kill chuckers is when they're still flapping their wings, right? If they're, <laughs> yeah. when, when they take off downhill, they'll maybe get you know three or they'll four gliding. Their wings and, and they're gliding. Mm-hmm. They're already into that glide and that's hard to kill birds like that. Not saying you can't, sure. um, but it's just, it's harder shooting. And, uh, yeah, so they're pointing straight down. You know, I have a yeah. funny thing this year, summer is pointing up above me, um, in this spot. And, uh, I start walking up about probably 120 yards from her. And I start walking up there and she's pointing still down at me. And now I could, the chuckers hear me coming, walking through the stage. And now they start running up towards her. Uh-oh. They see her and start running back down towards me. And I go, Oh, this isn't good for them. <laughs> this is a good, this is a good sandwich. They're nervous. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's an ideal shooting. You want the dog pointing down towards you, okay. you underneath the birds, just kind of create that, um, where they almost just fly over the top. It's a slow flight. So they'll be flying over the top of you. Okay. Um, and that's so, your so best will you, that you're going to get. So will you kind of like almost like a, if you're hunting waterfall, like you're, you're pointing almost straight up as yeah, going over yeah. top. So okay. you'll have birds that over the top or, you know, off the side, you know, those crossers left to right mm-hmm. or right to left, um, on that side of things. Okay. I hate crossing shots. That's my worst. <laughs> I hate a crosser. <laughs> it always happens when it's like really close to me, like a pheasant or something gets mm-hmm. up and then really close range and they go like a, a crossing shot. I'm like, crap, I know I'm going to miss this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's say, uh, take the example, say your dog, well, I guess we'll, ch- we'll chuck her always want to fly downhill. Mm-hmm. For the okay. most part. That, yeah. That's their I mean, you might find, yeah, the only time they really fly off hill, maybe you jump on the bottom of the Canyon, um, mm-hmm. you know, early in the year on water, or just driving roads and stuff like that. And, or super windy, you know, birds will go down to the draws and stuff like that. And sometimes they'll fly up, but most of them they'll fly up and then sail back down somewhere. Okay. All right. So let's say your dog's pointing uphill. You're behind your mm-hmm. dog. Your dog's pointed mm-hmm. uphill. They're on point. Will you come around the front of your dog to flush them back downhill? Or will you come up behind your dog and wait Just for the right, birds right behind it? So okay. I want, I want to see like their bars. The chugger have the bars on them. I want to see their bars like underneath me. That's oh, kind God. of what I'm looking for. So, Cause you want um, that over the head shot, right? Yeah. You want them slower, right? They're yeah. beating their wings. It's kind of like a shot. It's like, you know, pick them out like ducks, you know, when you stand up and they're flaring like at you, yeah. kind of the same kind of feeling. Okay. Very good. That's good, man. That's, that's a good piece of advice right there. Um, talk, talk about their habitat a little bit and kind of what, um, you know, what you're, what you're, when you're scouting, for example, like, what are you kind of like looking for? Um, and also, I guess, so Nevada, are you guys getting a, a lot of snow? Is like, is that is snow your moisture? Like, cause you're not getting a lot of rain, yep. I'm guessing, right? We get some rain. Definitely. We've gotten quite a bit of rain in the spring, um, but most of our mountain ranges, just like anything, just the snowpack in the mountain okay. ranges, um, you know, fill, fill the springs, fill the, uh, the creeks, um, and the rivers kind of in the area, um, for terrain wise, you know, you're looking for broken rock, cheat grass. Um, you know, there's different habitats in Nevada. Um, you get some areas that are real rocky, um, with sagebrush, you know, broken rock with sagebrush mixed in between, you know, if it hasn't burned, if it's burned, it could be bunch grass, cheat grass, 
kind of the longer grass um, on that side of things. Um, first thing I always look for, you know, whether or not I'm looking on Onyx or driving into a canyon to go scout is water, right? There, you got to have the water as kind of the foundation for these birds. Uh, there could be guzzlers in Nevada. Um, we do have guzzler ranges, you know, that don't support enough wildlife on the springs. Um, but yeah, guzzlers, um, or spring seats, you know, you're trying to, you know, eventually you're trying to find the seats that aren't on the map. Those are the good ones. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. To use them when you're out there, you know, take out your GPS when you're hiking around and mark those. And, um, that's what you're really looking for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I mean, water and then food, as far as eat, I mean, they're eating bugs, crickets, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So depending on their age, you know, the, the newborns and stuff will be eating crickets, insects, um, in the roads and stuff like that early in their, and their, uh, stage of life. And then eventually they'll go to just a straight, you know, grass diet. Um, I've seen them eat, you know, wild onions. I've seen them eat berries, you know, mm. bad, you know, in harsh winters come in, they have like choke cherries in them, whatever it may be. Um, but for the most part, uh, cheat grass, when the green up starts happening, um, when, you know, you get that first rain in November or October, um, they move off the springs, go up on the hill and there, that's where they're getting all their water from is that green up. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And what's, what's your favorite way to eat a chucker? What do you have any good, do you have good recipes or ways that you like to uh, uh, pre- prepare your wild chucker? Chucker nuggets is my favorite. Chucker uh, nuggets. Basically. Yeah. So you're just breading them just like a, like a chicken nugget, but chucker nuggets. So um, you'll flay the, you'll take them, you know, breast them, cut the, cut the flays out of the breast um, on that side, that side of things, pound them, um, mm. eggs, flour, um, and then from there you'll go, um, breadcrumbs and then you just kind of grill them from there. Oh, nice. Okay. That sounds great. Are you, are we dipping these in like a little Chick-fil-A sauce or what, what are we dipping these things in? Hey, you, you still there? Yeah, I got you now. We're okay, good. cool. You um, you yep, I can hear you. Okay. Um, I was gonna say, are we are we dipping these in Chick Fil A sauce, ranch? What do you what do you kind of? Yeah, I've done Chick Fil A for the most part. You don't need anything. Okay. Uh, when that when they when they get tenderized like that, they're good. You're um, just going straight. Watch out for the BBs, oh, yeah. the BBs <laughs> in them, but other than that, you should be good. Straight, straight nugget. Mm -hmm. that sounds really good that sounds really good um oh cool man i thought it'd be fun i got a couple questions here on instagram i thought it'd be fun to ask you um so put out a poll to a couple people and uh let me pull this up real fast oh we got quite a few look at that all right can you hear me okay yeah i got you All all right perfect um not going to ask that one, Chris Majette. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> Chris also asks, does anyone use flushers for chucker? I always see pointers. Have you ever seen flushing dogs? Yeah. So I know guys that take labs out um, and go and go hunt that way. You know, kind of the big thing now I, I see on kind of like, you know, the guided hunts or whatever it may be is the pointer. And then, you know, you got a cocker spaniel that comes in and flushes. Mm. on that side of things and does the retrieve as well. But yeah, no, definitely seen flushers out there early in the year, you know, around water or, um, you know, hunting rims. I've seen guys do it, you know, get up to rim, you know, have labs right in there. And okay. like I said, just like anything, you read a dog and once they start, you know, getting birdie or whatever, you get up on them and yeah, it's the same kind of deal. Just probably a little quicker pace when it happens like that. Sure. Sure. Very cool. Um, Doug asks gauge load semi-auto or over under. I think that's kind of just um, generally maybe for you or yeah, I guess what, yeah. What are you using? Yeah. So I shoot a 20 gauge. Um, I kind of shoot two guns that I kind of rotate back and forth. So I shoot a, uh, Browning Satori CXS, um, over and under. Um, so that's probably my main, main bread and butter gun. I use, you know, 80% of the time I shoot that. Um, and then I shoot a Beretta Eureka two twenty gauge, um, auto. Um, I'll take that out time for time. Maybe I don't have enough, uh, maybe a little shorter time on the hill that day, a little time constraint, you know, extra throwing shell. Extra shell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, try to get it done a little quicker on okay. that side of things. Um, uh, shoot extended choke tubes on both my guns. Okay. Um, the over and under, I run IC mod. Um, that's okay. what I've always shot. Okay. And both um, barrels and on the other one. Uh, no, IC and mod. Oh, so, I see. And mod. Um, okay. I see on the, I see on the bottom proof cylinder and then mod, mod on top. Okay. And then on the, uh, auto, I shoot an improved mod. 
um, extended choke tube. Um, both are 28 inch barrels. So you can say with the, the extended choke tubes, they're 29 inch barrels. So, yeah, that's great, man. That's great. Which is the gun? Which one did you have a couple, uh, <laughs> uh, broken stocks with? That was the over and under. Okay. Yeah. So those, those start adding up, you know, those are like three fifty oh. a stock. Oh yeah. And yeah, get the, <laughs> and then, then they had like a shortage with COVID. Oh, geez. Um, and I think I couldn't get one for about four months. So the next yeah. time I caught, they came in, I bought two. <laughs> <Just in case. laughs> smart, smart man. <laughs> Good for you. Um, we got someone else, uh, crack, crack O'Don cockers. Uh, what is one mistake not to make in the chucker Hills? Uh, don't bring enough water for your dog. You know, mm. that's probably the main thing early in the year, you know, pack extra, Right, your dog's just out there trying to have fun and you know those dogs will do just about anything for you um so make sure you have enough water for them because you know you can get back to your truck and your dog sounds like you know a mower that just went you know mowing the yard for four hours i mean it's heat um as far as that goes so, yeah just make sure you bring enough water um you don't realize you know they're they're closer to the ground than you are um so they, they just feel that that heat a lot more than you would Sure. That's good. Uh, under 40 yards, preferred shotgun, auto loader or brake action. Sounds like you, you kind of run both, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 40 yards, I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty typical shot when you're out in the field. Yeah. Uh, let's see tips for recognizing good spots while scouting. I think you talked about water. Is there anything else you'd add to that? Um, water and then count how many chicks they have, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> They'll tell you health, the healthy population numbers, right? <laughs> yeah. Just kind of how the hatch is in that area. And then like you said, you could go to one mountain range across the, you know, across the highway mm. and it, one could have a really good hatch and the other one couldn't, you know, mm. one got more storms than the other. So just pay attention to that, you know, don't think just cause you know, one area is good. The other side's better or um, vice versa. Um, just kind of do your deal, due diligence when you're uh, scouting and um, you'll, you kind of figure it out from there. Yeah. Does, uh, does Nevada do a, any kind of like reports on chucker numbers and kind of preseason? Yeah. So they, they've done it for a while. Um, I think they've gone back to even the nineties a little bit, maybe early two thousands. They did it. I think they're going to stop it coming up. You know, the numbers are great. Um, just cause it is one of the actual only recordings of chucker population, um, across the States. And I think that's kind of the cool part, but you know, what ends up happening, you know, you get these things, you know, people don't go scouting, right. You need, get online and then you look at the report and then they see the best report and where does everyone end up going? And, you know, so basically you're hammering down on the best population of birds, um, that's, you know, in the area and not saying that, you know, hunters for the majority, you know, a lot of hunters aren't killing majority of the birds, you know, there's predation or, you know, mostly winter kills, what I kind of contributed to, cause you got to think about it, you know, about probably about 10% of the chucker hunters are killing 90% of the birds. Mm. you know, the same guy, you know, and I know the guys that go out, you know, every weekend sure. and, they're getting one bird or no birds, you yeah. know, they're seeing them, but they're just not getting them, you know, yeah. and that's just kind of how it goes just with that, like with anything. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good. Um, and then all bets are off asks, what is their average mileage per bird and elevation gain? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I know summer last year, I think I, I don't have it off the top of my head. I don't have my book here, but I keep a log. And she was like 2.1 bird per mile, mm. um, for a dog. And then I think, um, I don't know what mine was exactly, but I'd say for most part, your dogs usually double what you do. Um, sometimes even, you know, triple, sure. um, for the most part. And it just depends on how good the year is, right. That number could go fluctuate up and down or you can go per hunt or per mile, mm. um, on that side of things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, got one more just came in here. Uh, Brandon explore. What are some key things to consider when traveling somewhere for a chucker hunt? Um, well, I always, so it's kind of what I just carry with me, um, in my truck. So you got tire repair kit, you got a Jack extra tires, sometimes two tires, depending on where you're going, how rocky it is. Um, I always keep, if I'm, especially if I'm by myself, I keep a sleeping bag, air mattress, um, just kind of everything. If you get stuck out there, extra food, you know, cooler of food, um, maybe some summer sauce or something, you know, that can, it's not yeah. perishable real yeah. fast on that side of things. Um, as far as when I go, um, just as far as in my bag, um, you know, just the essential stuff, water, um, snacks, food, 
Um, as far as that goes, maybe a candy bar for a little sugar rush on the hill. Oh yeah. Um, I got, I got a fire starter in there, extra gloves. I carry a uh, face mask, like a full, you know, like a ski mask would be, um, you never know if the wind picks up or whatever that is. Um, extra sweatshirt. Say, you know, maybe start off whether it's supposed to come in later in the day, you start off in just a long sleeve t-shirt, keep an extra sweatshirt on your bag. Um, and then baby wipes, of course, for those emergencies on the hill too. There you go. That's good, man. Good, good list. You just rattled off there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I surprised you with that question. Um, yeah. Have you ever gotten stuck out in the trucker trucker country? Anything kind of go wrong? I had, I haven't had trucker. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Well, I can't say that. Last year we got stuck. There was, <laughs> there was a um, a trucker dinner in Winnemucca last year, and we were going to that, and uh, we were coming off the hill, and this hill was kind of it was set up pretty pretty weird. So basically we were coming down and like kind of thawed out from the day. It was muddy, no snow or anything, but the drainage for the road was on the side of the hill dropping off. And so the mud kind of slid us down in there. And so I had no option, but to to basically drive over sagebrush just to get out because we weren't getting back the other way. We were hunting by ourselves with me and my buddy. And so I go off road. And as soon as we get off the road, we basically, um, we plane out the back and the front. So in a, like kind of a dirt mound. Oh, so no. we were stuck, stuck and the <laughs> ground was frozen. Oh, you know, we had, we had shovels and everything like that, yeah. but you know, luckily we got kind of the new collars, the 200 eye garments, oh, nice. you know, have in reach on it. And yeah, yeah. so finally I told my buddy, we were digging for about an hour oh, and I go frozen, frozen get, dirt, frozen dirt. And we were, we were stuck, stuck. And they told, Hey, <laughs> I'm going to go grab this case of beer. Yeah. I'm going to start a fire <laughs> and we'll wait for somebody to, to get us out of here. There you go. <laughs> So who came and got you? Uh, his, his brother did. So his okay. brother and his brother, they live out there. So uh, they came and got us about an hour later. So oh, man. yeah, no, it, it was good. Ended up working out. So yeah, that, was, that is one story that I was stuck and we weren't getting out there. Uh, hey, good, for sure. good, success, good success story for the uh, 200i. I mean, that's, that's good. I've not had to use that yet. Yeah. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you always have that availability, which is nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very cool, Weston. Um, as we wrap up here, just a couple more things for you, if you don't mind. Um, talk to the to the new new hunter out there, new uh, upland rookie who um, maybe is just getting into to bird hunting, the upland hunting. Uh, maybe they're picking up their first bird dog. What's what's a piece of advice you'd give them? Yeah, you know, try to reach out to the people you know that kind of who you know have the perception they know what's going on. You know, I, I was fortunate enough at a grandpa that, you know, helped me out on the trucker hunting side. You know, I had a dad that introduced me from very young. So I was fortunate there, you know, always included me, always took me out, um, on that side of things. But if you weren't fortunate enough to have that, you know, reach out to people that are in it, you know, and do it quite a bit and religiously, um, as far as that goes. And, you know, for the most part, they'll give you little tips, you know, and, you know, if somebody ever invites you hunting, you know, don't go back, you know, always ask them, you know, maybe offer to drive, um, it's kind of a big thing with guys, right? With gas prices yeah, and different yeah. stuff like that, or, um, you know, somebody maybe not want to, you know, scratch at their truck or anything like that. Sure. You know, I always offer to drive cause I know where I'll take my truck and it's pretty much anywhere, but you know, you, you're hunting anybody next to you might not. So yeah. you know, it's always good. You know, if you're um, a little bit more free on that side to you know, offer to drive on that side of things. And then, you know, there is a lot of information out on the internet too. Um, feel free to, you know, call your local biologists, you know, see what they're the game bird biologists, see what they they're seeing out there. Um, and there was always, you know, on every, you know, you can go to Idaho or Nevada, Oregon, and then they'll give you kind of the, uh, what would it be the rapport of where the birds are in the areas, the mountain ranges, and they kind of have, you know, the shaded regions that you find chuckers and hunt here or grouse mm-hmm. here type of oh, deal. Nice. So, you know, pay attention to that. Those are pretty accurate too. I've looked at those. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and then, yeah, just kind of ask around and you just got to be out there in it, you know, to f- kind of figure it out. Yeah. That's great. That's great, man. Uh, was that something you'll still do? Will you still call a uh, local biologist to get kind of updates year to year? Or is that something you don't, you don't do anymore? You know, not anymore. For the most part, I just kind of do my own scouting, you know, go, uh, you know, I have enough friends now that are kind of in it and sure. some guys that, that we talk enough, you know, we'll kind of figure out the general areas where the birds are, you know, yeah. for the most part. You know, for the most part too, you know, you don't have to ask somebody, um, you know, exactly where they were, what Canyon or what spring were they on? You know, you can just ask the mountains, you know, how, how's it looking out there, you know, type of deal. And for the most part, you know, you'll know those for the most part, they'll probably give that up, you know? Oh yeah. I saw a few chicks out in this sure. mountain range, right? It's not, you're sure. not pinpointing anything, but right. you know, you get a yeah. kind of general just gist of gets, what's going on out yeah, there. Get someone on the general mountain range, which are huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And, you and know, then, general or just close yeah. cities, you know, Hey, how's Winnemucca, you know, hunting this year? Oh, it's not bad or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, very cool. Um, all right. Last section here. I'll ask you a couple of rapid fire questions and uh, mm-hmm. just kind of give me your off the cuff answer. Some of these we might have answered already, but we're going to, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to take it from there. Uh, for you, Weston, what came first, the gun, the dogs or hunting? Uh, hunting for sure. Okay. Hunting. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm liking this question. I've only done it in a few episodes. It's been fun. Um, how many clays have you ever hit in a row? Um, so most of them I just shoot skeet. So the most I've done is 24 straight. I've missed on the last one. I've yet to shoot a, a crisp round of 25, 25. So, oh, so um, close. I'm still stuck on the uh, 24 right now. <laughs> so close. That'll haunt you. <laughs> um, all right. So we already talked about what gun you're carrying out into the field uh, or up the trucker hill. And uh, next question, favorite dog breed besides the ones you own? Besides the one I've owned. Um, you know, I have a buddy, I'll give you two. I have a buddy that hunts, um, with poodle pointers hmm. and you don't see a lot of them out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, they're kind of cool dogs. They're kind of yeah. goofy looking dogs, but, um, they point, they do everything else exactly yeah. the same as you think you expect your dog to do. Totally. Um, they just got a little bit more, you know, different style and they're, they're athletic with it. Yeah. Um, which is always fun. I always like hunting with athletic dogs. Um, and then, and, you know, I have a couple of buddies that always come up and hunt with me and, uh, they have Britney's, okay. which are, which are cool to hunt around, you know, a little smaller, a little bit different, um, on that side of things, hunt, yeah. hunt a lot different than what I'm used to. Sure. You know, we, I think, you know, Brittany guys always joke around like, Hey, is your dog on point. You know, it's not like the big long tail or, you know, <laughs> Brittany guys always know when their dog's on point. Uh-huh. Oh, I yeah. Never oh yeah. 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 It might be hard to, hard to adjust. <laughs> Yeah. You, have, you may, maybe you haven't seen a really good Brittany on point though. Yeah. <laughs> and just for the record, everyone, I did not tell him to say Brittany. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get so much crap for talking Brittany's all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a few guys and yeah, we shot birds over them and That's yeah, awesome. no, it's, it's always fun. That's awesome. Very cool. Is there a, is there a third dog in your future or are you a two dog, two dog guy? I'm a two guy two dog guy for a while. I mean, I would love to take a puppy though. Every year I would, I know. My dad, you know, take a puppy every year, you know, get it all hunt it, you know, learn it. I think that's kind of the coolest part is when they're yeah. figuring out and you're watching that, yeah. um, you know, and then go from there, but you know, it's just not in the cards right now. So I'll stick two for a while and then yeah. uh, you never know though. Yeah. Good. Go from there. You got, you got good spacing. Cause you got what, a six year old and a three year old. Yep, uh, six uh, yeah. Three. That's, that's really good. Yeah. spacing. Mm-hmm. No, dogs, it works. So. It works good. That's great. Your, your dad still hunt with you quite a bit or is he able to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he gets out quite a bit. And like I said, that's probably between him and my grandpa. And those are usually the two hunting partners I, I like to go with. I <laughs> nice. have one everybody hunt with pretty religiously and then kind of fell in, you know, I'm taking guys hunting from out of state Yeah. Um, on that side of things, you know, guys I enjoy to hang out with um, on that side of things. So it's always that's fun, cool. you know, guys reach out and, you know, as long as they're far enough away where I don't think my spots are in danger. You know, I'll, uh, I'll take them. <laughs> you have to, you gotta, gotta protect some things, man. That's, that's your right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a couple more here. Favorite bird to hunt besides the chucker. Uh, it's gotta be mountain quail. I think they're, mm-hmm. they're such a cool, elegant bird. Um, you know, I grew up hunting them. Um, and we were, we were pretty fortunate when I grew up, it was kind of a, a boom stage for them. I felt like really, mm-hmm. you know, my dad tells me that it was, um, compared to years. So, um, now when you get them, they're, they're kind of cool in Nevada. There's, there's a few spots you can get them on this side. I, I don't think, you know, the East side of the Sierra's hunts is, um, true as the West sides did. Um, the West side just seems to get a lot more moisture on that, but those are always fun birds for me. You know, if you knock out a couple of mountain quails, it's always a good day. That was one bird, you know, if you always felt like you just got two or three, it was a good day Yeah, either way. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, and last one beverage of choice after a hunt. Depending who I'm hunting with, it'd probably be a Keystone Light or a Coors Light. <laughs> there you go. Coors Light. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome, those man. Are probably, those are probably the two of choice. I was expecting a chucker hunter to say water. I think the last, last chucker hunter I had on here said, he's like, just water. Just give me water. <laughs> like, That's valid. That's valid. <laughs> I'm sure, man. Well, Weston, this has been a blast, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sitting down with me and sharing some of your journey and a little bit more about chucker hunting. I think it's, uh, it's a really cool thing. I know I, ha- I personally have to, uh, have to get out there and try, but, uh, it's cool hearing, hearing more about it. 
Perfect. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on, Will. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, if anyone wants to, I guess, connect with you, stay in touch, uh, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, probably Instagram or, uh, that's good. Um, okay. yeah, probably Instagram is probably the best, you know, I've okay. probably most guys on there about, about checker hunting, different stuff like that. Like I said, I've, I've met some great guys, um, through Instagram, you know, some guys I've taken hunting and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah that's definitely always an yeah, option. It's, it's, uh, is it checker, checker one, right? Yeah, checker underscore one. Um, kind of just the, the hunting account I run. So yeah, cool. Feel free That's to reach awesome, out there. Awesome. Thanks for your time. And uh, it's great catching up with you. Yeah. Thank you, Will. Take care. Well, that's a wrap of episode 49 with Weston Hatton of Chucker One. Weston, thank you so much for taking your time, uh, sharing your story about uh, just your adventures into Chucker Country. I know being a former athlete like you were, uh, you may have not had as much of a uh, upward climb, so to speak, as some of us, but uh, I think you were well conditioned uh, for getting in those uh, Chucker Hills. So thank you again for sharing your wisdom, sharing your passion with us uh, here on the podcast. Hey, everyone, don't forget, get signed up for the July giveaway of the podcast over on patreon.com slash the Upland Rookie Podcast. Get your name entered to win a Gunner Fan Kit 2.0. Also, leave a rating and review of the podcast on whichever platform you're listening to today. Until next time, don't forget, put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog.